Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey everyone, welcome to the summer breakdown. Okay, alright, so Josh, should we maybe like summarize the summer so far? Because we're like, we're not at the halfway point of summer. We're at the halfway point of the year. Can we do something about that? All right, yeah. Josh, let's do this. Josh. Yeah. What's your favorite performance of the year? Go. So far? No. Upcoming. Yes. I'm so- <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know if you meant like summer as a, like summer only or like the whole year. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, that's so funny. I was just, I haven't quite published my like running list of things so far. Yeah, I noticed. Well, Sorry. I've been a Sorry. little busy. Okay, well, um, Josh, but I you've think, had six months. I think I've got it narrowed down to two, three? Like Rocket Man. Okay, good. You talk about Rocket Man. Yeah, oh, no, good, no. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Okay. I'm not going to do you that favor. Good, but no. My what? answer is Mads Mikkelsen in Arctic. Oh, okay, fine. I also like Lupita Nyong'o in Us. Okay, my two that I'm debating between... I also like Chris Evans in... Avengers Endgame. I also like. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh-huh. um, Julianne Moore and Gloria. My 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 female is Julianne Moore and Gloria. Gloria Bell. Thank you. Oh, I need to put that on my to watch list. I don't think you'll like it. That's okay. <laughs> and then Mads Mikkelsen in Arctic. Okay, my dude is Taron Egerton in Rocket Man mm-hmm. because amazing, wonderful, great performance. Um, and my, my ladies is plural. Emma Thompson. Uh, Emma Thompson is real close. Like, real close. Because she's real great in late night. She's on fire. Uh, however, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, this is the first. You only get one. There's a reason there's two. There's a reason there's two. You only get one. Okay. You can't pick both the book smarts ladies. Yeah, I'm picking both book smart no, ladies because they're together. Pick they're together. Why pick is there one. a gun in my face? Why? Mark it. <laughs> Mark it zero. Uh, if you're making me pick one, it's. I know the correct answer, of who is the better. I like them both so much. Um, Mark it zero. Beanie Feldstein. Wow, I would have gone with the other one. See, this is the thing, is I think they're both right. Like, I think that movie doesn't work if both of those actors are not, like, on point with what they're doing. And, like, their arcs and their journeys are so, like, amazing and wonderful. I don't know why I picked Beanie over Caitlin. uh, Because I think that... I think it's because... I really... Like that last moment, the final speech, um, and Beanie Feldstein gives it. That's literally the only reason. But I love them both a lot. Although, that uh, although Caitlin Devers has so many good moments w- dealing with like her like her feelings and her relationship stuff, and then their fight together, uh, they're so good. Anyway, yeah, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin um, Dever. They're my top two right now. Ooh, here might be a fun game that we can play so far. Okay. How many how many films have you seen so far this year? Are you caught up on Letterboxd? Four, oh, no. Well, um, that's okay. How many? I think I have... I had, I didn't put Spider-Man on here, so I think I'm at 49. I'm at 43. You're ahead, um, which is fine. Uh, what film do you think we have the biggest 
disagreement on this year. I think I have an idea. Little? Ooh. But I mean, like, I'm not going to defend Little. Maybe the kid who would be king? I also don't think that I would defend Little, like, in the position that I have it. That's just, that was me. It was uh, a comedy that didn't make me laugh. Beach I- bum? Be- who? Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I got that one pretty low. We've been pretty much the same. Can on- I? Oh, the- it's all is true. It's all is true. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I was like, I think it's all is true because it's at twelve for me currently. Yeah. Well. Where Where's it set for you? Oh, it's like the bottom line. <laughs> it's forty. Forty. Okay. That's boring, Josh. Okay, but it's so boring. But like. But, like, Kenneth and his they passion... They introduce this one his... sister who doesn't do anything. But she wants to do things. But she doesn't do anything. Because she's married to a Puritan. So kill him. Well, I mean... We could have the... done it. All of this is fiction. We could have. All is not no, true. No, all is true, Kylie. <laughs> all is true. Yeah, that's our, that's our biggest debate. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna... At this point in 2019... Are there any of these you're taking the bullet for, Josh? Oh, no. <laughs> like, by saying that that's the 12th highest film, it's still a three and a half star film for me. Yeah. Like, 2019 has not had a lot of, like, really wonderful things so far. But also, okay, to, to kind of turn us back, turn us back a little bit into what we're talking about here as a topic, I don't think 2019 has been an all-time bad summer either. Because most of my top tens are movies that I've seen this summer. Um, or maybe at least half. Half of them are movies that I've seen this summer. Four, three of them are things that I've seen this summer. So... If I go traditional as Memorial Day... See, cause, so I... Honestly, I do the Memorial Day thing. Uh-huh. But I don't even, like, in my brain, I don't even count that as summer. Because I don't count it as summer until after school's out. June 21st? Yeah. Until September twenty first, no summer, no, no, no. <laughs> seasonal summer. No, no, I do, I do the school, school. thing. I do yeah. the general school year because that's when I can like I have time in the middle of the day to go see a film. In my brain, it goes the first weekend in May to Labor Day, and that is just because I feel that's like what it's become in the industry world. Yes, and then it, with that being said, I think of the last 10, 15 years, like even when I was still in school. Summer movies were starting to roll out as as school was getting out. Yeah. So Age of Ultron, I was in college and I left class and I picked up my friend in my car and we went and saw it. I would remember walking by the seven eleven on the way to class in college and like getting excited for the summer movies that they were advertising at the seven eleven. Then there's Slurpee Machine. Um, in my top ten, the only summer movies I have are Rocket Man, Late Night, and Midsummer. I've got Rocket Man, Book Smart, Late Night, John Wick. John Wick, I don't count. But John Wick is a May movie, so I count it. Oh, that's wrong. Um, it's not right. Spider Man. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and like, frankly, if I move down to my top fifteen, I add Toy Story Four and All Is True. And when did Detective Pikachu come out? Uh, May. May. So I would count that too. Um, Toy Story 4 is number 22. <laughs> Annabelle's above it. Oh, okay, great. By a good five. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, Midsommar is in my top 20. I just don't feel a lot of passion. I don't either. I'm not saying that I feel a lot of passion, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, 
I think 2019 so far has been better than 2018 because at least there are films that are making my top 10. I felt like last year it was like the the summer movies are the bottom half of my list for the most part. Maybe I just get, I'm just like I'm tired. Yeah? I'm so tired. You got this way last year too. I did. And then, you know what saved you from your funk? Yeah, it was Hotel Transylvania 3. <laughs> I went to a theater, I was alone, I sat in the back, I lost my mind <laughs> during the Macarena. So, August. August looks weirdly interesting this year. What's up? Like, there are just movies that are coming oh, out yeah, in the August. kitchen! The kitchen, um, something else is coming out on the 9th that's not Dora that looks interesting. Um... Angry Birds 2. Angry Birds 2, of course. Oh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark doesn't look terrible. Um, so, I I made a list of my most anticipated movies, which I just wrote. These are movies that I am interested in seeing. Okay. I'm going to go through them. Okay. Uh, Yesterday, uh-huh. which I didn't like. Okay. The Kitchen, which I'm excited for. Uh-huh. Stuber, which I'm losing interest in every day. Why? What is Stuber doing? Midsummer, which uh-huh. was, didn't live up to my expectations. Not the film's fault, my fault. Spider Man, I put on here obligatorily. <laughs> You're like, for Josh's feelings, no, apparently? For Tom Holland's feelings. Oh, for Tom, in case Tom was scrolling through Letterboxd. Look Smart, which I didn't love. Uh, Brightburn, which I didn't see. Late Night, which I liked but didn't love. Anna, which I walked out of. Rocket Man, that I liked. Wait, you walked out of Anna? Yeah. Oh, what? Tell me that story. I did. We were at we were at Trivia Night, and I uh-huh. told you that I literally was having, like, a major oh, panic that's attack. Right. Yeah. And I just walked out. Yeah. It was also boring. Yes. <laughs> and then Crawl, which looks dumb, but... <laughs> Hopefully fun. Yeah. I mean, that's what summer is. Some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll learn whether that's true or not. We will. It's a true story. Josh, how'd you make this list? So, what I did oh. was... Okay, so the crawl girl, you once asked me who she was. Oh, yeah. And I know who she is. Okay. I said, oh, she was the lead of the last Pirates of the Caribbean films. Okay. Here's some other things. Okay. She was the girl in the Maze Runner series. Oh, I like her. Okay. She was also not... Uh, I was going to say something snide about this. Oh, okay. I was going to say, well, she's not the main character, but, like, the main character's not even the main character. She's the woman who plays the wife of Ted Bundy in Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. She's the woman who plays the wife of Ted Bundy. Yeah. Oh. So not Lily Collins. Not Lily Collins, but the other... Okay, the, okay. The person he ended up marrying. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's a good actor. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Uh, how did I make this list? So I went through and I did some research on what other people were saying. Did you? And then I you? went... Yeah. No, you'll explain it. And then I went to Box Office Mojo. Uh-huh. And they go all the way back to 1982. Interesting. And they they go and they just list, like, things. And so what I did is I just went year by year and I was like, ooh, I like this one, I like this one, I like this one. And kind of then took a pulse of, like, which one, which, which had more than ten films that I was, like, on board with. Ooh, I don't have ten for all of these. Um, 
Uh, I did something similar. One of them has less than 10 for me. Here's what I did. Yeah. I picked the year 1980 as a good starting point. Great. And then I searched 1980 in film. And there's there's a Wikipedia page for it. And all I did was read through every single year. <laughs> uh-huh. From, and I just, I, I started doing the Memorial Day thing. That became too hard, so I did June to August. Okay. And I wrote down films from that year that were either notable, and to be notable, I had to have heard about you. Yeah. And usually I did the positive ones, like, mm-hmm. like, I didn't put down the room, or room, the room, the room. The Room. I didn't put The Room down. Wait, are you trying to think of Brie Larson? No, The Room. Oh, okay. Not Room. Got it. Because, like, that's not positively thought about. Yeah, correct. So, like, it had to have... And then, like, I looked... I then went to Box Office Mojo to make sure that some of these films were financially successful because I knew that several of them were not. But they were also somewhat of, like, critic darlings and or had some influence with, like, later on film so correct that's what i did um as i was going through box office mojo i didn't necessarily like it didn't matter if they were successful as long as they either like had some form of longevity to them or had some sort of critical reception to them um and then i try to think of like what on the whole would make something a good summer and the answer to that question was for me good movies good movies like just having a lot of good movies. And I even considered some films that I don't personally care for, but I know have a really solid reputation. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I did. Um, All right, my number five. Great, go for it. Let's jump in. What else, what, what else were you going to say? I was also going to say that I think part of looking at this is... I wanted to just tell a very, 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 very brief, like, what, when summer movie season kind of became a deal. Because Jaws comes out in 1975 and invents in some ways what we call the modern blockbuster. The large rollout on thousands of screens uh, that goes out to the world and kind of invents this season where people have time to go to the movies. Prior to Jaws, movies were rolled out... On a smaller market, kind of like what we see for... On a carpet. On a carpet. (laughs) Like what we see on a limited screen, our our more prestige films, they rolled out in small, in big cities first, and then as they got popular, they got wider and wider and wider to everybody. So a rollout would take a long period of time, so a film could play over the course of an entire year, year and a half, just depending on how successful it was, there was also no home video market to cater to. So when we start getting these mass releases in a home video market, we start creating this summer movie season, which becomes this time where people go to the movies more often because there's more time. This also pairs um, into a later addition into the rise of adolescence in America. And so those are kind of the areas that I looked into and as I was piecing them together. Um, And then we came up and then I just picked the five. I was like, no, these are these are the best five. Um, I will say personal experience of some of the summers definitely helped, but it wasn't like a requirement. I'm going to say something, Josh. Yeah. 2014 can't be on your list then, because that was the worst summer ever. Why can't 2014 be on your list? Josh, we had a competition. Yeah. And we both lost. We did. (laughs) No matter who wins. (laughs) 
we, we lose. <laughs> um, Josh, I know you're not interested in Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, correct. May I say something? Yes. That I think is a positive note. Uh, yes. Okay. So, and a lot of times, when we do these things where we, like, do the action movie from the 80s now. Uh-huh. If you have a male... They get to play their character again. Mm-hmm. So things like Rocky has gotten to do that. So yep. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Harrison Ford got to do it with Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. He's doing Indiana Jones again. I'm not going to count Star Wars. Everyone got to come back for that. But yeah. Yeah, Star- yeah. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger got to come back for the last one. Yes. Women often don't get to come back and reprise roles of theirs from the past. And that's why I give... Dark Fate, possibly a thumbs up for allowing Linda Hamilton to come back. Because, like, you know, we wanted to make another Tomb Raider film, but we didn't let Angelina Jolie come back. And I don't know if they even offered it to her or even blah, 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 blah. But things like that, we don't allow as often women to come back and make those reprisations. Okay. I agree with you, and that is the reason why I'm also excited that this film exists. I did not learn its full name until yesterday. What is it called? Dark, Dark Fate. Dark Fate. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was really stupid. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're not wrong. However, there has been titles that I, in the past, that I've been like, this is dumb. Like, and then the movie came out and I was like, alright, fine, this works. <laughs> Genesis. Well, I mean, I'm going to work, uh... <laughs> I, the one that pops into my brain, and this might just be a me, is Fury Road. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a dumb, like, whatever. Another recent one that has allowed a woman to come back is the Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Well, and I wonder if, and again, we've talked about this a little bit on podcasts before, but, like, Hollywood has figured out that women and people of color are financially successful right now, so they're gonna not only try to get that trend, but the nostalgia trend, and, like, I think that that can be why maybe Halloween and Terminator are like, oh, we actually had strong female protagonists... Who are still alive. Who are still alive. Let's use this. Uh, would, would you see, then, in the continuation of this trend... Would I see a Hunger Games that took place in 30 years? Uh, <laughs> I mean, good question. Good question. Uh, I was gonna go with, could you see Sigourney Weaver coming back in an Alien movie? Yeah. What I heard when they were talking about any of that, that they were planning on de-aging her. Oh. And I was just kind of like, well, then I'm not interested. Yeah, no, I'm not interested in that either. Like, just let Sigourney Weaver come back and do her thing. I think that that's, like, it's not the issue of, like, we don't have a woman in the role. It's that we're not allowing any women who are older than 22 to come into a role and star in a film. Yes. So, yes, I, I could see them doing that, but I also don't want them to just do the de-aging stuff. I agree with that. Um, are there other franchises that could fit that mold? Or did we just name them all? Bring 80, like, bringing back people to... Well, bringing back Lethal weapon! Oh, no, no, we can't do that! No, no, no. Bringing back specific... Well, you could do it with Danny Glover. (laughs) Taken four! Oh, wait! Dang it! (laughs) He's already old! Um... No, I was thinking specifically with bringing back a woman or, like, a person of color to, like, to this nostalgia action franchise. Yeah, Shanghai Midnight. 
Shanghai retirement home. <laughs> Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson are back. It's gonna happen, Josh. Who's who are the youngsters that Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson are teaching their their ways? Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> okay, is the Owen Wilson. Okay, okay, and then the kid from Fresh Off the Boat who plays Eugene mm-hmm. in Shazam, and Love also it. young friend of the girl. Of the girl from Ant Man and the Wa- and Ant uh, from Ant Man, the daughter, who <laughs> the friend of hers that's uh-huh. Tom's purpose, not uh-huh. the girl, but her friend. It's the same actor. His name is Ian Chen. Okay. Yep. There you go. <laughs> this has been my TED Talk. <laughs> That has been my favorite. <laughs> oh, can I? The inception of this list, um, 2010. <laughs> Did it make my list? Uh, uh, the inception of this list came about when we were like, "What do we pair with Spider-Man?" We had a weird thing. We didn't want to do that thing. I didn't want to do that thing. I had it. I will fully say. I don't know. Oh no! Don't worry. Don't worry. My number one from that list uh-huh. is. In my current oh, list. Oh, great. Perfect. I I'm made sure of it. Really excited we still get to talk about Leap Year. All right. We're not um, talking about Leap Year. <laughs> um, an American in something? An American what? An American something? in... An American... Uh, uh, Barcelona? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Stockholm. What kind of American? An American uh, an, what? An American uh, where person in... <laughs> Uh, Paris. Paris. Yep, there it is. Uh, okay. Is that the sequel? An American in Paris? An American, American Werewolf, Werewolf in Paris? Paris? Yeah, that's the sequel. Not An American in Paris, Josh. <laughs> that's a good movie. Um, alright, so... Is that the rollerblading one? We had talked about... <laughs> no, that's the to do. Um... No, 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 there's one... No, there is a... There's, I know. I know. It also came out during summer because I kept seeing it when I kept checking things. No, he has a dance on rollerblades in some movie that is not Xanadu. Who he? Gene Kelly. Dance on rollerblades? If it's American in Paris, I'm going to throw this notebook at you. I don't think... Gene Kelly, roller... Alright, well, while you look that up... Oh, tap dancing to roller skates. Okay, what did you find? It's loading. Okay, well, great. (laughs) What... Oh, sorry. It's always fair weather. You're Great, safe. perfect. You're yeah, safe. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. He is an American in Paris, right? He is an American He's in Paris. He's the titular American. He's the in titular Paris. American. Okay. Yes, yeah. He and is, he is in Paris. He is the titular young American. Yeah, American in Paris is like Roman Holiday, but with songs and Gene Kelly. Great, perfect. That's for Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. There it is. You is she it. a princess? Mm, yes. Okay. So. We had talked about doing this list two ways. One would be pick the summer and then talk about the five movies. Uh-huh. Um, Which is what I wanted to do because I didn't want to put that much effort into it. But like I promised on the last one, I was going to actually try on this. And look how much I actually tried. I'm proud of you. I know. I I'm... crossed things out. Uh, and then the other way, which was which we would pick a summer and then we would talk specifically about the movies and what made it a great summer. And the way that we ended up going with was that way. However, Kylie at first had picked the one summer five movies, and in my brain, that was the harder option. Because it was like... Well, my number one was still correct. Well, fair. Don't worry. Don't you worry, Josh. 
But in my brain, I was like, oh man, now I gotta like try to find time to watch five movies from this summer. No, you don't. Just but, don't. But like that would have been the research that I would have had to don't do. Don't rewatch movies. This way, I just have to talk about the summer as a whole, and I don't have to rewatch a bunch of things. So I was alright with it. Alright, Josh. Yeah. My number five. Alright, go for 1980. it. 1980. 1980? Alright. Okay. This one's only got five films. Alright. But hear me out, everyone. Okay. Now. Let me know if you've heard of any of these, because they're a little bit obscure. Okay. Okay. On May 21st, uh-huh. we have The Empire Strikes Back. Sorry. Oh, okay. Star Wars Episode 5. Episode V. The Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. Yeah. Okay, made a couple of dollars. A few. Not as much as its predecessor. May 23rd. The Shining. The oh, Shining. Okay. The Shining. Yeah, The Shining. Uh-huh. June 20th. Blues Brothers. Oh, okay. July 2nd, Airplane. Oh, good one. And July 25th, we had Caddyshack. Okay, yeah. So, a few films in here you might have heard of, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A few films that people won't shut up about. <laughs> Sorry, I won't talk about it, jeez. Josh, you are definitely the one that talks about Caddyshack too much. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely you. Yeah, okay, so I, I picked 1980 as my number five because... Um, August didn't really have a ton of things that was happening in it. And I, I tried to choose some that were kind of spread out, and sometimes that's true and sometimes that's not true. Um, but I do think that at least with back in the day, movies were lo- running longer, so like there's still some stuff to watch in August. Um, I think that these are just five examples of films that we still, I mean, like, we as a society still look back with like some idea of grandeur and yes. like we enjoy and even though Caddyshack is not our favorite film between the both of us I think that it, there are moments of it that work and like yeah. it has a cultural touchstone that we appreciate um I, I I don't know exactly why the summer ends up working as well as it does because it is heavy on the comedy um but it does have two genre films one of them being Star Wars mm-hmm. which is fantasy sci-fi stuff it's also the summer of the twist and from then on our all our lives changed forever yeah we weren't there <laughs> we, we uh, i was there i was negative five um oh i'm negative 14 oh there you go yes so i, I think that just including having the star wars in there is a big deal yes. it's also like the luke i am your father which everyone loses their mind about the Shining, which is a horror, but it's a prestige horror in the mm-hmm. middle of the summer, and it is has success, and it is still culturally relevant, I think is a big thing. It also brings up Stanley Kubrick, who Stanley Kubrick inside of film itself yeah. is a big deal. Um, the Blues Brothers, who are featured on SNL, yeah. that are kind of an act from there, but not really... There's something there. Yeah, they're on SNL. Like, it's, okay. I, I like that pick because it transition. It's, it's saying that, like, culture is transitioning there as well. You know, it's it's a TV thing going to the movies, which doesn't always work successfully, but here it did. Um, it's also, like, a musical and bringing in, like, the blues into thing and, like, energizing uh, kind of, like, jukebox musical that we do know today. And there are other examples of jukebox musicals at the time, but this is... A strong example of it. You hit Airplane, which is doing that. Which are those com- the comedy of 
Oh, I don't even know what type of comedy it is. It has a specific name. Ah, uh, satire. Satire. Yeah, it's just hanging out. It's doing like the irreverent things. It's fun. We saw a preview for it on the DVD yesterday. I said <laughs> I don't think I like this movie if I've just seen this preview. Yeah, right. I've actually seen the movie. I quite like it. And then Caddyshack, you know, where you have the SNL characters again doing their kind of thing, and like mm-hmm. a lot of the comedy legends of the time are all together in that film with Rodney Dangerfield. Um, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. And yeah. I'm alright. Bye. I'm alright. Kenneth. Ken. Ken Logan. L- Logan. Kenny Logans. Logans. And that is. So that's 1980. 1980 feels really similar to a year that I have in my honorable mentions. Um, in that, like, it's got, like, bunch of like not a lot beyond that so like 2008 is a year that i have it as an honorable mention for me because we got um iron man dark iron man Knight. dark Knight, wally kung fu panda and mamma mia mm-hmm. and tropic thunder but then it kind of falls off a cliff after that but like i felt like those six films were like good enough to like be in consideration and i feel 80 is also really similar i also like 80 because it feels like it very quickly establishes like, what the 80s are. You know, those feel like very 80s films. And, like, whereas with, like, when you look at some other transition years, like 70 or 90 or 2000, like, those kind of feel like bleed over years from the decade before, you know. But 80 kind of, that, those five films at least seem very 80s. I had another rule that okay. I didn't know I had. Yes. But I did have it the whole time. Okay. I didn't include re-releases. I also did that, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, Disney re-released a lot of their animated films, and I did not include any of those. Exactly. And re-releasing of not only just Disney, but lots of companies did it, and again, was because there wasn't a home video market. So, Mm -hmm. you're like, let's try to get more money off of these movies. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my number five. uh, My number five is 1994. Uh, 1994. Let me just read Oh, I have... Wait, 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 wait. I also have that one. Ooh, is it a crossover? Yeah, I'll just... I mean, I had it as my number one. I can sh- I can switch it to number four. <laughs> we can stop. We can. We can stop. We, we can. Here, let's do this. Let's let's. I'm just gonna say my number five is 1994, and then we're gonna get to 1994 later. Let's. What's your number four? What's your actual? Okay. What's your actual number four? Go for it. We'll talk about 1994 later because I also think it's a genuinely great year. Ring ring ring. Is that? George Orwell, because it's 1984. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I tell you my weird realization that I had the other night? 1984, the book, was written in 1949. Mm -hmm. It is 2019, which means this year we are the exact amount of time in the future as that book was in the future of when it was written. That's just, I, I don't know, it's one of those like weird things, like, maybe that's one of the reasons why 1984 is, like, popping up as big with the kids again, because they all know it, too. All right, Josh, you ready? Yeah, what, what's up? What do you got for 84? 84? May 23rd, Temple of Doom. Oh, uh-huh. June 8th, Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. June 8th, Gremlins. Oh, two. So here's a big thing about 84. Uh-huh. So Gremlins and Temple of Doom are part of the reason, because... Temple of Doom comes out and Spielberg's like, well, I need it. He doesn't sound like this. Well, I need a PG-13 rating. 
And then the movies are like, blah, blah, blah. And then gremlins come out. And he says, see? Look at these little magwai. If you get them wet, they turn into monsters. It should have been PG-13. Steven, are you here? And so Steven, <laughs> are you with us? And so that's... Steven? So it's important for that reason. Uh-huh. PG-13. Yes. Uh, June 22nd, The Karate Kid. Uh-huh. July 13th, we have The Last Starfighter. Nice. July 13th, here you go, Josh. Muppets take Manhattan. July 27th, we have Purple Rain with Prince. Uh huh. And then August 10th, we have Red Dawn. Red Dawn. It was important enough that we made it. We remade it. With uh, Hemsworth? With Hemsworth. Original Red Dawn is Russell, right? It's Swayze. Oh, it's Swayze. Sorry. There's not much of a difference between listeners, them. Listeners, put your sidebar up. Put your side- okay, well, Kylie just said it. Never mind. Yeah, I can't <laughs> tell the difference between Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. I'm not sure which one's in Point Break anymore. I am. It's Swayze. I know. I understand. It was a joke. I told somebody the other night that Point Break was my favorite Swayze movie, and they looked at me like I was crazy. Roadhouse! Yeah. I have a student that yells that at me whenever he asks me what my <laughs> Swayze movie is, and I say Point Break. Why do they know who Swayze is? I, I also really like Too Long Fu, Thanks for Everything, Love Judy. Solid Omar. one, solid one. But if I say that to this child, I don't think he'll understand what I'm saying. He'll be like, what words are those? <laughs> who is a Julie Newmar? <laughs> Josh, I like this year. It's a good year. 84 is an honorable mention for me. I like all of these films except for I haven't seen Muppets Take My Hand. It's a good, it's a good Muppet movie. Um, 84, again, was just a year that I was like, it's, there's so much good in 84. Um, and it felt like, it again, felt really defining to its era. And what it, it does break down between a bunch of different genres. Like, I feel like, so Temple of Doom is that very much that action-y, swashbuckling kind of film. But it's not action-y in that 80s sense of an action film worth guns a-blazing. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is like that sci-fi comedy that's in there. There's, what I should have said, there's a wide variety. Yeah. Gremlins is like a pseudo-horror horror film. You got your sports film with Karate Kid, your pure sci-fi with The Last Starfighter. Muppets Take Manhattan, you get your family film. Mm-hmm. Purple Rain, you get your musical drama ordeal. Yes. That's the last time a specific Oscar is ever given. <laughs> what? It's there. There's an Oscar that it wins. Oh, it's like score for a musical or comedy or yeah. something like that? Yes. Um, And then they never do it again. Yeah. And then Red Dawn for the bros. For the bros. Um, 84 and 85 were years that I looked at together, mm-hmm. and the reason why... Well, 85 is important only for June 28th, St. Elmo's Fire. There it features is. Features the song Man, in, Man Motion in Motion by John Parr. But the reason why I picked 84 to make my honorable luncheons over 85 is because you're saying there's a lot of variety, but I felt like 84 and 85 were both defined by, like, one solid film. 84 is his Ghostbusters, and 85 is Back to Back the Future. Feature. And I just felt like 85 was like, eh, it's just Back to the Future, and like, there's good things in there. The other, the, but yeah. The other things that are in there that are um, noticeable of 85 are Goonies, uh-huh. I thought, and Day of the Dead. Yes. And, uh, I mean, like, I also like Fright Night, but like, that's not the thing that breaks the culture. Correct. All right. And Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. We opened those, up the Burton Renaissance. Those all feel like culty films or kind of like smaller films that in those That feels ways. like a, a us yeah. film. Yeah, absolutely. All right. My number four mm-hmm. is... Uh, let me just double check the sentence is true. Okay, is uh, 
My number four is 2011. Okay, I don't have that. All Let's right. see what happened. I know a Harry Potter. It is a Harry Potter. Is It's not the last... Is it the last it one? It is the last one. The last so one. So let me run Harry through... Harry Potter and the last one. <laughs> yeah, let me run through the films that I found to be significant in 2011. And I thought this was a good year that represents what a modern summer can kind of look like. So we've got Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. It's the number one grossing film of the summer. We have a Thor... We have Captain America, the first Avenger. We have Rise of the Planet of the Apes. We have what? Rise of the Planet of the Apes. (laughs) We have it. It's here. Mark it. (laughs) Mark it zero. We have Bridesmaids. (laughs) We have X-Men First Class. We have Kung Fu Panda 2, Super 8, Crazy Stupid Love, Winnie the Pooh, and Our Idiot Brother are kind of like... Though, like, what I was like, ooh, this is kind of a good mix of things that are popular, some more successful than others, some, like, Winnie the Pooh are buried, but are actually, like, very critically acclaimed moving on. Yeah, because they did it the same <clears throat> freaking week as Harry Potter. Yeah, Dummy McDummersons. It's so weird that Already a Brother was the number one film of that time. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Paul Rudd just, just rocked it. Um, again, a lesser film, but what I felt that this was, was a good mix of, so there are two superhero films on here. Three? three superhero films on here. There's an animated family film. There is a comedy, which this might be the last time that, like, a straight-up comedy makes the top ten in box office. I might be wrong about that, but, like, Bridesmaids... Of the year, or... Of summer. Yeah. I feel like we had a sequel... My only thing that might be true... Is if there's a Hangover? Hangover 2. I don't know when Hangover 2 and 3 come out, but... Hangover 3 is not as successful. Okay, that Hangover Hangover 2 very well might be up there as well, but Bridesmaids feels like one of the last times that we get a true blue comedy busting in Not counting the rom-coms. Yes, you know, like, these are just comedies there. Um, You also get something like The Help, which ends up being a really big Oscar hit that year. um, Which eventually leads to Ma. Which eventually leads to Ma, yes, of course. Octavia Spencer. Yes, um, you do have a rom-com with Crazy Stupid Love. You've got a sci-fi in there with Super 8. Hangover Part 2 is 2011. Oh. So it's made I just didn't include it in my list. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes. Um, but yeah, the help also helps invent. You kind of have this new spot ever since 2011 of, like, August movies where something's going to try to open and get, like, an Oscar bid out of it. Um, it's just a good kind of overall representative year of, like, what a modern summer can look like. Now, I would, I would hope that as we move forward in other summers, we see more variety again, but at least this one, there was a little bit of variety in terms of what made successful good movies. So the other film that could have had a chance at being in the top ten of summers was possibly 22 Jump Street in 2014. Fair. That is a straight-up comedy. Um, it's an action comedy, but I give it there. Yeah. You'll you'll give it to me? I'll give it to you. I'll I'll give it to you. But again, Bridesmaids, I think what we're... Is that. Is that kind of, like, ending of that tradition, and then we see exceptions beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, what's your number trace? I don't know. Man, I can't get out of the 80s. All right, 1981. That's okay. Mine ended up being real focused as well, so. (laughs) 1981. You, okay, I will say that I have an 80s on my list, and you haven't got there yet. Is it 82? Uh, It might be. Who knows? I left it off because I was hoping that would be on your list. Ooh, mystery of mysteries. Yeah, Miracle of miracles. Sorry, what's up? 82, I had, 82 was one of the ones where I was like, I'm pretty sure this might be my year if I only do one, and that's only because I know a series of films, not a series, but... A collection of films come out a week apart from each other. Yeah. All right. So 1981. 
The 80s knew how to do it, everyone. The 80s are so... Okay, I have said for a very long time that the 80s might actually be one of the peak moments in cinema. Like, I know the 70s gets a lot of praise and the 90s get a lot of praise. And the 80s don't get a lot of praise because it's a very commercial era. But I will tell you, if you look at that commercial success, there is a lot of good filmmaking in there. And it's the 80s might just be that zenith of a mix of commercial and artistic filmmaking coming together to create an art form. Sorry, go for it. 81. June 19th, the Cannonball Run. The Cannonball Run or just Cannonball Run? It's called the. It's the. It's the okay. Cannonball Run. I just want to make sure. Is it the Cannonball Run two? No. Okay. Just one. Part one. No, I'm saying that when we get to the sequel, though. I think it's Cannonball Run two. Okay, great. Yeah. Because it's a specific thing. Yeah. The Cannonball Run. Yes, yeah. June twenty first, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh huh. Uh, June nineteenth. I went out of order. Superman two. Uh huh. We got a superhero film. Uh, I didn't put a date on this. June. The Great Muppet Caper. Got you again! All of June. <laughs> All of June we got the Muppets. Now, we go into July. Escape from New York. Uh-huh. A little bit more of an 80s yeah, action Yeah, absolutely, film. yeah. Uh, July 17th. Arthur. A film that my mom had the VHS of, which means it must have had some cultural Okay, custom. so I know that that's a Dudley Moore movie, <laughs> but in my brain, I'm like, yeah, Arthur the Yardvark, he had oh. a movie. Yes. <laughs> I, I was thinking, okay, I was thinking of Russell Brand. No. July 10th. Why did I go out of order? The Fox and the Hound. Oh, oh I went back oh. and re-put it on there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Fox and the Hound. Disney's in here. August 21st. Boop, 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 boop. An American Werewolf in London. Ooh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, here we go, everyone. Uh, once again, there are just so many... There's so much variety in here. We have our Indiana Jones film. We have a superhero film, because the 80s wasn't full of them, and we weren't all suffocating from them. Uh-huh. We got a Burt Reynolds, as every summer needs. Yep, as you do. Escape for New York is doing that much more of a action-like, tough guy kind of film that the, the 80s were known for and would become known for. Uh, Arthur is a comedy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Fox and the Hound and The Great Muppet Caper, two family films. Mm -hmm. One animated, one not. And then we have a horror film. Nice. And I just, I think that, I think that most of these years that end up being so successful is because of the variety that they end up having. Because when you have 20 films that are exactly the same film, they don't stand out from each other. But because you have so many different films. I mean, I don't love Escape from New York, but, like... It's fun. It's a summer film. It's a summer film, yeah. Joshua. Yeah. What do you got next? My next one is from exactly ten years ago. 2009. 2009. Wait, let me get there. Yeah. Let me see what I pulled up. Mm-hmm. Alright, what you got? I love, I love your notebook. This is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I took time. Yes. I don't think I have that many. Oh, I only wrote down two things that stood out because I kept looking through and I was like, I don't want to do 2009. All right. I have The Hangover. Yeah. I got Harry Potter, but I didn't put which one. It's Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. All right. Let me tell you. You got you, I'm numbers two through five okay. on the, uh, the highest grossing of the summer. Okay. So 2009... Two through five. Half-Blood Prince. Up. The Hangover. Star Trek. That's a good set of four movies. Like, all of those cultural elements still. 
All of those are fun to watch. I might have my quibbles with Half Blood, Half Blood Prince, but it's not a bad movie. No, every um, Summer Needs a Teen Film. Every Summer Needs a Teen Film. Uh, you've also got uh, Up, which is a good fan movie. Hangover, good comedy, great comedy. And Star Trek, the start of a new, uh, new generation of that franchise. Now... 2009 gets held back because the number one movie of that summer is Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. All right, terrible movie at number one, everybody. All right, we did it as a society. I'm so sorry I didn't see it. Not my fault. Um, Culturally relevant, though. Culturally relevant still to this day. Other films that come out in that summer of 2009 uh, that I make a big deal, we've got the second Night at the Museum film. We've got The Proposal, a nice good old Sandy Bullock rom-com. Uh, Quentin Tarantino releases *Inglorious Bastards*. *District 9 becomes an Oscar-nominated film of that year. *Inglorious Bastards* it's also Oscar-nominated. Oscar. Oscar. Uh, *Julie and Julia* is also Oscar-nominated that year. We have a lot of like Oscar I films coming out there. Say something. Meryl Streep is nominated for an Oscar for *Julie and Julia*. Nah, that's not my argument. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm gonna say it doesn't count. Why? Because we're just giving it to her because she's Meryl Streep. I mean, fair. Still a nomination. So, like, uh, that was a well-received movie. It was talked about in circles and enjoyed. Amy Adams was hated for it. Uh, Funny People, um, which is a, a Judd Apatow movie, kind of in the heart of, like, the Apatow era. Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler. 500 Days of Summer. Um, Ponyo. We get Ponyo released in America here that summer. Uh, the Hurt Locker which is the best picture of that year. It kind of rounds out my wrap-up of what that year looks like. Um, didn't make a lot of money, but does come out in the summer. And so it just felt like a lot of the movies of 20, like 2009 that became awards-worthy and prestige not all of them, of course, because we don't have Avatar in here, which doesn't come out till the, the winter of this year. But it seems like a good... In this summer, 2009 summer, helped shape what that movie year was going to be. And the summer itself overshadowed the fall season in a lot of ways. And I really appreciate that. I was like, I think that if we make, this is again, good populist filmmaking that also has artistic value to it. And again, that's not all of them in here. But you do get, like I said, you get a, a Ben Stiller movie in here. You get a Sandra Bullock movie in here. Brad you Pitt. get, uh, where's Brad? Inglorious Bastards. He's Inglorious. Yep, there you go. Um, but he's also... My favorite Brad Pitt. Your favorite Brad Pitt. My favorite cause... Eli Roth performance. Um, I also like just including Ponyo because, like, I think that this is a time where the Ghibli films are really important to our society. And, like, that was just flat out released without an Oscar nomination here in America. So, yeah. And it's very rare that you get a best picture in your summer lineup. So, yes. Outside of Revenge of the Fallen, 2009. Alright, 2003 is my number two. 2003. I thought about 2003 a lot. This, this, I, but I felt it was a really personal year, so I'm glad that you put Here it on you there. Go. Yeah. June 4th, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. June 11th, Napoleon Dynamite. June 18th, Dodgeball. <laughs> a true underdog story? Yeah, I checked to make sure it actually made a lot of money, and it made quite a bit of money, so it I'm is justified. Dodgeball. You keep going. I'm going to find one. June 23rd, White Chicks. People talk about that still. Uh, June 25th, I have Fahrenheit 9-11, because it's one of the highest grossing documentaries of all time. June 25th, The Notebook. We get the sappy rom-com, and are opening up the Nicholas Sparks era. June 30th, Spider-Man 2. What? This is not 2003, it's 2002. Oh, this is my... What? All of this? Yeah. 
Is it? You're reading 2002. Am I? Spider-Man... Or 2004. Sorry, you're reading 2004. Oh no, did I miss... Spider-Man 2, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, Dodgeball... You're reading 2004. Okay, 2004. Okay. Sorry. Aw, sad 2003. (laughs) It's okay, it doesn't need it. 2004. We got to June 14th. Yeah, I was looking through this and I was like, these are not on the 2003 list. Okay. Because Dodgeball does make $114 million as number 10 that year. I made a mistake. We're back on track. 2004. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spider-Man 2. July 2nd, Before Sunset. July 9th, Anchorman. July 16th, iRobot. July 23rd, Borm Supremacy. July 28th, Garden State, because... Because Garden State. It was a big deal that year. It was a big deal. Yeah. That I'm... soundtrack's still good. July 30th, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Okay, there it is. August 6th. I don't know what I wrote here. <laughs> Did you write Supersize Me? No, it starts with a C. <laughs> July 6th. Collateral. Duh. Collateral. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, that's just a that's a summer that's just full of like things that are I mean not everything is still like held up but like things are talked about here something like Before Sunset and Collateral are our Oscar nominated films Fahrenheit mm-hmm. 9-11 is I still think it's the highest grossing documentary which I think is true story but it's interesting because I don't know if you had Super Size Me on your list which also comes out this summer only makes 11 million dollars but like for a documentary that's pretty good that's great I would also say that I think Super Size Me is more relevant today than a Fahrenheit 9-11 mm-hmm. Um, the notebooks bring back like the. It's Nicholas team Sparks. Ron. Like, yeah, the team romance just, in a different era. I would even just say straight up romance. Mm-hmm. Like it brings back that because before the Notebook romance had had like cratered a little bit, but the, this starts the Nicholas Sparks run. You got a sports film. You got mm-hmm. a superhero film. Um, with your comedies, you've got the you've got White Chicks and Anchorman. And Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. For action sci-fi, you have... Uh, for sci-fi, you have iRobot. For action, you end up having the Born Supremacy. Um, for uh, people, there's Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, so there's just a lot of different... Did you mention Shrek 2? No. That's the highest grossing movie of the summer, but like, Shrek 2 is not terrible. No. I just forgot um, about it. So, but there was, like, th- I like this choice a lot because I think that there are even films that you haven't mentioned yet, like The Village. The Village comes out this summer. Yeah, but that pissed everyone um, off. But still, like, <laughs> it is still there. Um, Something that's fun and dumb is Alien vs. Predator. Like, that comes out this okay, summer. Okay, so I don't have Shrek 2 because it doesn't fall in my li- my timeline. Oh, okay. Because it's not Memorial Day. Sorry, I'm, again, just going off Box Office Mojo. No, no one cares. Uh, the great film The Terminal? Uh, I mean... Yeah, I knew that that was there. I looked up how much that one made, and 77. I thought... And I was like, no, I'm not I'm not putting this on here. Uh, you get the start of the Chronicles of Riddick franchise this summer. Uh-huh. You get... Those aren't... I, that. That's not... Don't, I don't consider that culturally significant anymore. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> the Great Catwoman comes out this summer. Okay, you're not... No, I actually <laughs> am trying to help you, but, like, I think that, yes, Catwoman sucks as a movie. I named the good ones! <laughs> 
Uh, you forgot Soul Plane and New York Minute? No, I didn't, Josh. I don't know what those films are. Oh, well, let me tell you. No, I don't need to know. <laughs> um... I guess what I was saying is, like, I think this year itself, though it... I think that there's a lot of movies in here that have a fan base or are still talked about, even if negatively, because, like, Garfield the movie is also this summer. I think that this... This summer itself, 2004, is a really good example of how a summer can kind of have a really deep bench and a deep roster of movies that remain culturally relevant. Ebbs and flows. Yes. Um, since you brought up 2003, I just want to very briefly just be like, 2003 is not on my list, but it's got, it's got a, it's got a soft place in my heart because, yes. False. It doesn't. 2004 is the one with the soft place in your heart. Yeah, Spider-Man 2. As exhibited Um, by your DVD collection. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, but like... 2003 has Finding Nemo. It starts the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. It also has X2. Um, and just like, then it kind of falls off a cliff. But like, those ones, just my heart wanted to mention those three movies. Uh, Alright, we're going to go with my most recent year that makes my list. 2014. Uh, 2014 is my number two. Um, Careful there, Josh. <laughs> we've got Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Okay. We've got X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh-huh. We've got Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Take it off, Josh. I can't. I'm gonna Dawn is it. here. I'm gonna Dawn remove... is here. It's there. Mark it zero. <laughs> okay. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Godzilla 2014. 22 Jump Street. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Neighbors. Fault in Our Stars. Edge of Tomorrow. Chef. And Snowpiercer. Just a good collection of movies, a good um, use of the blockbuster. Sin City 2, A Dame to Sin Kill City For. Sin City 2, A Dame to Kill For. Let's be cops. Okay. Calvary. Okay. Canteen Floss. Here's Canteen Floss. Uh, okay. You know, for a brief the moment, giver. I thought that Canteen Floss starred Eugenio Derbez, and then it did not. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, great. Um, no, it stars the guy that's in the shallows. Yeah, true story. Who also as... works at the Emerald of Siam. <laughs> also works at the Emerald of Siam. Uh, 2014, I put on here, and I put it so high because I think it's a good example of what I think summers moving forward can look like. You're going to release a lot of crap. You're going to release a lot of nonsense. And... Like, Kylie and I did that summer. We spent and rescue rescue. the greatest film of all time. We spent our summer trying to find the worst of the worst. But around us trying to find the worst of the worst came a lot of these really good movies. And these really solid movies. You mentioned Boyhood, did you? Oh, I did not mention Boyhood. Boyhood Boyhood. is in here. Um, and so. Maleficent. Yeah. Oh, I don't actually. (laughs) Maleficent's not good. Okay, um, the Amazing Spider-Man. Also not good. Two. <laughs> oh, very bad. Um, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Million dollar arm. Get out of here with your nonsense. <laughs> Hercules. Yeah, I'm trying to show that like there's a lot of the bottom of the world in here. But I think that the, Jersey boys. the top rises to create a really good experience in the summer, experience at the movies. And there was a lot of things that were enjoyable. There were a lot of things that were surprising. 
if you can't go for a 2009 model, I think going for a 2014 model is also really solid. Make your stuff that's successful and that you want, just make it good and let everybody else make the dregs of the world and let your franchise have a clear voice. Because I will say with... I think there's... Guardians, Days of Future Past, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Godzilla, 22 Jump Street... Those are all very clearly visioned and clearly voiced movies. They are in a franchise, they are a part of a bigger deal, but they let their directors and their cast and their writers create something really unique and really interesting. I have a film that I know you don't like, that uh-huh. I think you should put on there, because I don't remember you saying it. Which is? Did you put Edge of Tomorrow? I did. I did put Edge of Tomorrow on here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I probably wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Yes, I did say Edge of Tomorrow, not Live, Die, Repeat. (laughs) Stupid Warner Brothers. It's important. Doug Liman works. Doug Liman works. The Tom Cruise comeback. Sorry, people can't hear me when I put this in front of my (laughs) mouth. (laughs) Alright, um... (sighs) Okay. Honorable mention time? Sure. Okay. I've only got two that we haven't mentioned. 1982. Um, we'll talk about 82. No worries. Why would we do that? Uh, I don't know. Spoilers. Um, last summer for Hereditary and <laughs> HT3. You keep saying this, but you hate 2018 so much. Okay. I, at the beginning of this episode, was trying to defend 2017. 1998. 98 was it? Yeah. I have an honorable mention. Even though Godzilla. That doesn't bother me. Fair enough. I wouldn't have seen it. <laughs> Did you go see this one? 1997. Seven's a good year. 99 is also a good year, uh, but... I think I have that as an honorable mention as well, Um, because... Yeah. I just didn't want to talk about it because, like, how do you talk about 1999 without talking about The Phantom Menace? And I don't really want to talk about The Phantom Menace. Oh, I wouldn't have. We got Big Daddy. Uh-huh. We got American Pie. Uh-huh. Blair Witch, revolutionizing uh-huh. the horror genre. Yep. The Iron Giant, welcoming Brad Bird win with open arms. Uh-huh. The Sixth Sense, almost wins an Oscar. Yep. Um, what was... I'm looking for the specific year. Here it is. 1997. Almost made this list. Very okay. close. With Con Air, yep. Face Off, Hercules, the animated film, Men in Black, Contact, I, I don't know, yep. Air Force One. Yeah. Good Burger for You, Air Bud for Me. Yeah! One week apart from each other. <laughs> the Full Monty and, of course, Copland. 97 is an honorable mention for me because of... There's just... There's so much... Because of Copland. I mean, you know. It's a good burger. It's a good burger. No, because of... It's a good... That's a good lineup. But what I thought about when I looked at 97 was everything's good. Nothing is... Great. Great. 91, I have an honorable mm-hmm. mention for Rocketeer, Robin Hood... Men in Tights. <laughs> or no, not that not that one. No. Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Yeah. That's the one. Terminator 2, Boys in the Hood, Point Break, Bill and Ted 2, Double Impact, and Barton Fink for you. Ah, uh, there it is. Um, I think those are all my honorable mentions. My honorable mentions are, I will stand up for 2017 as a summer, um, because... Have I bashed it? Well, you just mentioned it at the beginning as like... A bad summer. What did I really? And no. I like Wonder Woman, Guardians Two, oh, Homecoming, yeah, okay. Dunkirk, um, Cars Three, War for the Planet of the Apes. So sorry, all Planet of the Apes summer was made it on I here. I just like was bored. I just wanted something new and meaty. Girls Trip. Okay, but then here's why I would consider this. 
from beyond so from this point down and these are all films that don't make a lot of money but i think impacted this year quite a bit here's girls the trip other issue Josh. baby driver captain underpants atomic blonde the big sick wind river logan lucky the beguiled the hero ingrid goes west beatrice at dinner and good time all of those come out in the summer. And I know that they make a lot of those make a bigger impact in the fall, but like they're out and kicking around at this time. And it's the the smaller movies as well as Wonder Woman, Guardians and Spider-Man and Dunkirk. Why I'm like, I think we had a top and a bottom that were solid, even though the middle was a little bit of nonsense. I think that one of the reasons of why I look back on 2017 and 2018 and 2016 and 2015 with bad memories is because I had movie pass and I went to everything. Fair. And summer was the time I had the most time. Yeah. And so therefore I just felt like I was wasting my life, which I was. <laughs> yeah, but no No No, it's good wasting. It's good times. Oh yeah. Uh my other honorable mention is uh nineteen forty meters forty seven meters down. We're gonna pretty much uh just walk through all the eight almost all the eighties because one of my other honorable mentions is eighty nine. Uh, which you get Batman, Last Crusade, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters 2, Parenthood, When Harry Met Sally, Turner and Hooch, Do the Right Thing, Weekend at Bernie's, Roadhouse, and Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Roadhouse. What about Roadhouse? Roadhouse! Roadhouse! <laughs> uh, just a good year. I mean, that's just a solid year of movies. Uh, do you want to do your number one first or my number one first? 2001, Fast and Furious. There it <laughs> is. And the Princess Diaries. Oh my gosh, can I... I think it's 2006. Can I just read you the top ten of 2006? No. This is a gross year. No, because I only wrote down one film for 2006, and that was Little Miss Sunshine. Okay, here we go. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. I think that's two? Mm-hmm. Cars. X-Men, The Last Stand. The Da Vinci Code. Oh, wait, whoa. Got to solve the code. <laughs> Superman Returns. Number six, Over the Hedge. Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. Click. Mission Impossible 3, The Breakup. That's why I only had Little Miss Sunshine written. Yeah. Uh, Devil Wears Prada is in there as well, but like... 1994. <sighs> my number one. 2006 might be the worst, everybody. 1994. All right. Okay, hear me out. Ooh, this is a, such a good year. June 10th. Speed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gotta drive the bus. Uh-huh. June 24th, The Lion King. Uh-huh. July 6th, um, a film with no real state and recognizable Forrest Gump. Mm -hmm. July 15th, Angels in the Outfield. Yeah. <laughs> July 15th, True Lies. July 29th, The Mask. August 3rd, Clear and Present Danger. Mm -hmm. August 5th, Little Rascals. August 26th, Natural Born Killers. What did I miss there, Josh? Um, Anyone I miss? I have, for my own sake, The Flintstones. Made a lot of money that summer, and I don't hate that movie. Uh, the Crow. The Crow comes out in summer 1994. Really? Uh, it's on Box Office Mojo, so it might not fit your category, but it fits mine. Three that, like, I have heart for in 1994. Not good movies, but, like, my my nine-year-old self was on board for Little Big League, Three Ninjas Kickback, and Camp Nowhere. I've only heard of one of those films. The Three Ninjas Kickback? No. Oh. Little Big League. Oh, there you go. 
Is that the one where the kid refuses to, like, play baseball until some law changes or something? No, he's the one that, he's the kid that inherits the baseball team from his grandpa and then becomes the manager. Mm, that's dumb. Yeah. Uh, so 94. <laughs> sorry. sorry. I, like, 94 to me is bonkers because, it, li- the, like, box office-wise, listing it off, the top seven, Forrest Gump, Lion King, True Lies, Flintstones, Clear and Present Danger, Speed, The Mask, like, you just really can't, like, that's a, that's a formidable top seven. Does, I have a question. Does Forrest Gump, is that including any of Forrest Gump's re-releases into theaters? Because after it wins the Oscar, could it possibly have gained more? Or is, sure. Or is that just its thing? I don't know. Okay. Um, I will tell you that's what it's listed as here. Uh, domestic lifetime gross 33252, and it says domestic total gross 329, so I'm assuming the lifetime is including the re-releases. Um, but it also played for a very long time. Like, um, Forrest Gump ran from July 8th through November 27th. So some of that is outside of the summer season, so to speak, but like, that's just its original. Yeah. No, that's, that's one of the things about, I think, what uh, older films especially is that they can run longer. Yeah. Um, which today, like... I mean, Endgame's holding on, but for how much longer? Man, I just want Endgame to pass. I just want it to pass Avatar. I don't think it's going to do it at this point, but, like, come on. We can do it, universe. Please. Please. Come on. Somebody knock James Cameron off his horse. Um, Forrest Gump. Oh, I don't care for it, but you know what? I, so... You watched it on a plane with no sound. Uh Uh-huh. And you couldn't rate it. I couldn't rate it, because, like, it's not fair. But, like, I know that movie by heart. Like, I've seen that movie so many times. And I get and see that there are problematic elements to it. I would I would maybe at some point love to try to put Forrest Gump on here just to talk about it. Sure, and let's like, go for it. In some way, shape, or yeah, form. We'll, we'll, we'll match it with Quiz Show. Yeah, the let's do win. it. The true winner? <laughs> I don't even think that Quiz Show is the greatest film of that year, but I'm always like, no, it goes to Quiz Show. Should we just do, like, the Oscars of 94? Should we just watch those five movies and then, like, do an episode on them somehow? Is that what our hole is going to be at the end of the summer? Well, Sylvanus fills that. No, no, there's a second one if you don't want to do the personal questions one. Do you want to do the personal questions? I think it would be fun. What are your questions? I don't know. We have to talk about them. Oh, God. Charlie. <laughs> All right. Um, smother him. What else? Do you, you have anything else to say about 1994? Great year. I was born. <laughs> you were alive for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. A film comes out exactly one month after my birth, and I don't know which, what it is, but I looked and I saw that and I went, oh, um, so that's significant. I'm trying to find out what your March movie is. March 25th, 1994. Is that the one you're thinking about? Uh-huh. That would be... Box Office Mojo, help us out there. All right, let's talk about my number one. 
1982. 1982. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, 1982. Uh, let me get back to my list here real so fast. So, I originally marked it as an honorable mention, as you can see, Josh. Uh-huh. Then I, I, cr- uh, yep. then I scribbled it out because it was going to make the list. Mm-hmm. And then I rewrote it as an honorable mention. All right. So, I struggled. Let me just give you the top five. Rocky three. Of 1982. You get E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Rocky 3. You get An Officer and a Gentleman. Rocky 3. You get Rocky 3. You get Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. And you get Poltergeist. Can I read you some of the dates in which this happens? Yeah. May 28th, Rocky 3. June 4th, Poltergeist. June 4th, Wrath of Khan. June 11th, the next week, E.T., June 25th, The Thing and Blade Runner. I also have Thing and Blade Runner on my like list down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are all just... That's June. That's a month. That's, that's June. June. Yeah. July 9th, I have Tron. Mm-hmm, I also have Tron. August 13th, I have Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep, Fast Times. What else am I missing I've there? got Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, which is a really good Steve Martin comedy that also plays a film noir. And then I've got The Secret of Nim, also comes out this summer. Like Don Bluth coming out and like being like, hey, other people besides Disney can make some animated films, everybody. 82 just represents, I don't know, this really wonderful period of just, like, movies that are really still relevant in there. Um, The Road Warrior? Did either of us say The Road Warrior? That's in the top 15. Also, I mean, Um, like, it produces two sequels that are highly marketable and make uh a lot of money. Um, Which would be Friday the 13th Part 3? Oh, I was going to go with Wrath of Khan and Rocky 3. Oh, okay. Um, Yes, fair. And also, continue to shift from TV to movies. Um... Blade Runner, which is a critical failure, but mm-hmm. it is, like, held up as, with such significance nowadays to the point where it got a sequel to summers ago. The other thing that I think is really interesting about n- summer of 83, so this, so grosses, just, like, straight-up gross, E.T. makes $359 million. An Officer and a Gentleman, which is two, $129. Again, E.T. might have other releases. Possibly. Though. Let me, let me click there to see... Um... Uh, 359 is original domestic gross. Okay. Lifetime is 435. Um, uh, Rocky 3, 124. And then, weirdly enough, Wrath of Khan, the fourth highest is at 78 million. So there's a steep drop off there, which, to be fair, if you look at the budgets on a lot of these, like, yeah, it made 78 million on a budget of 14 million dollars. Like, E.T. made $359 on a budget of $11.8 million. I mean, we're also looking at this without the context of uh, inflation. Yes, and yeah, so and that's a good thing to look to remember, they too. They also probably have, they're also, those are probably higher numbers if we're thinking about today's market. That yeah. also will change their budgets, but. But, I mean, something like an officer and a gentleman, it's. Which I have heard of, but have no idea what it's about. I mean, but still, you've heard of it. Does that, does it have Nicolas Cage? It is Richard Gere, and it is, <laughs> um, it's basically like a romance about, like, this officer who's, like, trying to, like, romance a lady and just gotta become a gentleman. Was um, Richard Gere like? Oh, he was a thing. Okay. Yeah, but that movie makes one hundred twenty-nine million dollars on a budget of three point three million dollars. Like even in eighties money, that's bonkers. Um, but you've also got like Annie, like that's a really big thing in the musical theater community. Um, Conan the Barbarian, you've got a nice um, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in here. Well, you, you have you have an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in here. <laughs> well, okay, fair. <laughs> Um, you've got The World According to Garp, which introduces us to John Lithgow. I mean, come on, everybody. The World According to Garp. 
loves John Lithgow. I really like John Lithgow. I like he's he's one of my guys. Like uh-huh. in late night, I was just oh, the scene in late night where he's on the stage and he has to like choose to forgive her or not. I'm just like on board. I'm on board. It's so good. Um, Pink Floyd's The Wall is in here. Yeah. I mean, sure. Grease 2 is also in here, but you gotta, gotta just be fair. A really big thing for the musical theater community. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just... That month of June alone is a stretch of culturally relevant, important movies that w- I just don't ever think we're gonna see again. And it is, again, this... Mi- and I think, to me, if I had to, After going through all of this, if I had to answer what makes a great movie summer... Variety. Variety mixed with... Quality. Quality filmmaking, unique voices, and a sense of commercialism. I do think that it is important because, like, something like Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, great movie really wonderfully made but plays in the franchise like it it doesn't forget that it's going for that big sci-fi audience et is nothing but a family movie you know like going straight for all four quadrants you know and so that is important i think in summer as well yeah there we go we did it everybody hey everyone let's play the planet hollywood game all right you want to read it yeah Okay, numbers, go. What? (laughs) One. (laughs) Here, um, you gotta, like, you gotta be real careful. Okay. if you get this, if you name a movie that's false, I'm gonna call you out. Okay, all right. (laughs) Name different movies with great fight scenes. (laughs) Atomic Blonde. Uh, uh, Raging Bull. John Wick. The Karate Kid. Rocky. Um... The Raid? Oh my gosh. Snowpiercer! Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, nice. There you Thank go. You. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of Old Boy. Oh, and uh-huh. that was not coming to mind. Yeah. All I could imagine was Josh Brolin. <laughs> and I was like, that's not a good fight scene. No, team. no. Um, I think... Can I tell you I think you, you win this game more than I do? I think that if I have a chance at the card... Uh-huh. I have a little strategy sometimes <laughs> where instead of going for the obscure, because I used to just go for obscure, yeah. I go for the easy pickings first. <laughs> yeah, no, I also try to as well, but like, I think my brain just freezes because the, the it's so short. Like, which is why it's good for, for the podcast, but like, it's such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. If evil, you Evil Dead 2. If you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes if it's a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. That helps us get more listeners. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. Find us on YouTube's at... Let's Watch Together. Tumblr's. Let's Watch Together. Twitter's. The... DWT underscore podcast. Letterboxd. Derby ACT and Kylie Galsher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Oh, Charlie. Quack, quack, <laughs> quack, 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 quack.